The world is changing fast, but you can learn it at a slower pace. Special English. You're listening to Special English. I'm Tony Reed in Beijing. Here's the news. Top executives from global car makers and auto parts suppliers have voiced their commitment to the Chinese market at the recently concluded Shanghai International Auto Show, the first major auto exhibition they have attended in the country since the outbreak of COVID-19. The biennial event is one of the most important platforms to showcase latest car models and automotive technologies. Over 1,000 foreign and Chinese companies have participated in the event. Volkswagen, the best-selling international car maker in China, is presenting a big lineup of models, including 20 fully or partially electric ones. Volkswagen CEO Oliver Bloom said China's auto industry has seen great progress in the past decades, with some local car makers having launched very competitive products. He said that Volkswagen speed up its local decision-making and R&D to tap into China's dynamic growth and high speed of innovation. Last year, German car maker BMW sold 790,000 vehicles in China, accounting for over one-third of its global total. Oliver Zips, chairman of BMW AG's board of management, said BMW is very confident about the development of the Chinese market and will continue to expand its footprint here. Toyota is showcasing four electric models at the Shanghai Auto Show. It will launch at least 10 by 2026 to hit its global EV sales goal of 1.5 million units, with China as one of the leading markets. French Marc Peugeot launched its first global model 408X, while its electric concept, the Inception, made its Asian debut on the first day of the Shanghai Auto Show. Peugeot CEO Linda Jackson said she believes that China will continue to be both the world's largest car producer and the world's largest car market. Statistics from the China Passenger Car Association show that new energy vehicle sales hit 653,000 units in March, up 
34.8% year-on-year. The association estimates that China's NEV sales will reach 9 million units this year, up from 6.9 million in 2022. You're listening to Special English. I'm Tony Reid in Beijing. British Airways has resumed its daily flight to Shanghai, two years after its direct flights to China were halted because of the pandemic. British Airways flights to Beijing are to resume from June 3rd, running four times a week. Noella Ferns, British Airways head of sales for the Asia-Pacific region, said they can't wait to welcome customers back on board their flights from Shanghai and Beijing, adding British Airways has an incredibly rich history of flying to China, having connected the two countries for more than 40 years. Li Tsong, a Chinese student studying in Belfast, Northern Ireland, said he booked a ticket as soon as he saw the news. He first bought a connecting flight to Hong Kong, but he prefers direct service as it is more convenient. So even though he had some money deducted from his refunded ticket, he still chose this direct flight. Xinxia Another passenger applauded British Airways' move, saying she hopes more direct flights will be available to make it easier for people to travel between the two countries. Another British airline, Virgin Atlantic, resumes daily services to Shanghai from May 1st. In addition to the UK, airlines on the continent are also scaling up their capacity to China. KLM Royal Dutch Airline and Air France will increase service from Amsterdam and Paris to Beijing and Shanghai to a daily flight during the summer flight season. Lufthansa of Germany says it will double its flights to the Chinese mainland from five a week to nine. A report last month by the European Travel Commission forecasts that long-haul travel between China and Europe would reach 60 to 70 percent of pre-pandemic levels this year. The report said a full recovery of 2019 levels is not expected until 2026 as restoring the confidence of long-haul travelers takes time. This is Special English. A Visual Feast of Film 
the 13th Beijing International Film Festival has concluded in the northern suburb of Huairo with the theme Sharing Culture, Shared Future. It's a star studded event with celebrities going all out with their red carpet glamour. Over 200 actors, filmmakers, and directors have gathered at this year's film fest. The festival includes activities and events such as the selection of winners for the Tian Tan Awards. The Film Carnival and the Student Film Festival. Thailand is this year's guest of honor with seven top Thai film production companies participating. One of the highlights is no doubt the Tian Tan Awards. This year, the festival received about 1,500 films. From 93 countries and regions. Renowned Chinese director Zhang Yimou, the head of the awards committee, said this is his first time acting as the Beijing International Film Festival's jury president. He is very honored. Zhang said from the 1988 film Red Sorghum. To this year's Full River Red, red is his favorite color, and he hopes this unique China red can help tell Chinese stories to the world. Movie fans are also in for a treat. Over 160 restored classics and retrospective works have been screened in 27 cinemas. And theaters across the city as part of the Beijing Film Panorama segment of the festival. Aside from screenings, the jam packed event is filled with other activities, including workshop, master classes, and forums. You're listening to Special English. I'm Tony Reed in Beijing. The fourth phase of China's lunar exploration program, including the Chang'e 6, 7, and 8 missions, is in progress. According to Wu Weiren, chief designer of the country's lunar exploration program, Chang'e 6 is poised to collect samples from the far side of the moon, marking a mission that will be the first of its kind in human history. The Chang'e 7 mission will involve landing on the lunar south pole and searching for water. The Chang'e 8. Will conduct a survey of lunar materials at the South Pole, which scientists hope could be used to build houses by using 3D printing technology. Wu said Chang'e 
seven, and eight will form the basic model of a scientific research station on the moon's south pole, which is expected to be completed around 2028. He said, in the meantime, scientists are working hard to promote the establishment of the International Lunar Research Station, which is initiated by China with the participation of other countries for long-term operation. Wu added that an international organization is hoped to be set up after establishing the International Lunar Research Station. According to the China National Space Administration, China plans to launch Chuechiao 2 or Magpie Bridge 2, a relay satellite for communications between the far side of the moon and Earth in 2024. The satellite will serve as a relay platform for the fourth phase of China's lunar exploration program, providing communication services for Chang'e 4, 6, 7, and 8 missions. The Chang'e 5, launched in 2020, was China's most recent lunar mission. Its probe retrieved 1,731 grams of soil samples from the near side of the moon. This is Special English. I was born on the 17th of November. Delve into a world of words with books and beyond. A podcast made especially for audiobook lovers. I came into the world as the youngest of five I children. I wondered what Her Majesty would be like. Fie upon you, limpid one. Why have you taken... Immerse yourself in gripping stories and timeless classics from the comfort of your own personal space. Sun Tzu underlined three points on the context to gain initiative. There was initiative. no better wine and not to mention... The Whether you're a bookworm or a casual listener, our carefully curated selection of audiobooks will transport you to new worlds and stir your imagination. Subscribe to Books and Beyond and start your audiobook adventure now on radio.cgtn.com or your favorite podcast app. Are you one of the many looking to improve your English language skills by watching films or TV shows but feel it's too fast or get lost in the words? Well, slow things down with Special English, where you can polish your reading, listening, and pronunciation at your own pace. Get caught up with current news and international affairs while getting your daily English lesson with us. Find us on Apple Podcasts by searching for Special English. Li Xiao considers herself a lucky player in the domestic tourism market that has borne the brunt of the COVID-19 pandemic. Li's homestay 
in Zhejiang Province continues to attract visitors, most of whom come from nearby cities, with its distinctive design and pastoral charm. For the five-day May Day holiday, her homestay was fully booked. Lee said most of the guests just wanted to spend time. Chilling out in peaceful surroundings, drinking tea, and chatting with their family members and friends. Three years ago, Lee and her husband, who are both in their thirties, decided to turn their old rural home at the foot of Tianmu Mountain into an idyllic getaway. They hired professionals and now provide a combination of Eastern Chinese elegance and warmth for guests. The old house was preserved, a new building was constructed to the side, and the entire site now comprises four courtyards. The original rammed earth walls are clad with recycled bricks, and the wooden structures are exposed on the sides, enabling guests to trace the history of the house. Moreover, the living room features a large skylight, while the swimming pool and courtyards are lined with trees. Through which visitors glimpse distant villages. Since it opened in 2019, the homestay has drawn numerous visitors, with guests sharing their experiences on social media and through word of mouth. Gong Jian and his friends in a choir from Hangzhou, capital of Zhejiang Province. Have made several visits to Li's homestay. Gong said it feels great singing together outdoors in the village, and their songs echo off the mountain and forest. With travelers staying closer to home during the pandemic, short journeys rose in popularity. Triggering a boom for rural homestay businesses, particularly those with distinctive characteristics. According to Fliggy, Alibaba Group's online travel agency platform, homestays in Ningbo, Zhejiang, in Pingxiang, and Shangrao, Jiangxi Province. Huangshan, Anhui Province, and Zhangjiajie, Hunan Province, are the most popular nationwide. In particular, camping-themed homestay numbers and bookings have risen since 2020. Xiong Jianqiao, who is in charge of marketing at a homestay business, attributes its success to the fresh air. And pristine environment, as well as themed activities, Xiong said. For example, they planned a forest opera, a fair, and frisbee event, 
adding that the idea was to spice up the experience for visitors in the hope they would prolong their stay. For Li Xiu, who owns the homestay at the foot of Tianmu Mountain, she and her husband not only enjoy running the business, but they also find time to pursue their love of gardening and listening to music. They tend a 2,000 square meter garden, which is home to a variety of plants, including roses, hydrangeas, osmanthus, and cedar trees. You're listening to Special English. I'm Tony Reed in Beijing. That's the end of this edition of Special English. To recap, I'm going to read two of the news items again at normal speed. Please listen carefully. The fourth phase of China's lunar exploration program, including the Chang'e 6, 7, and 8 missions, is in progress. According to Wu Weiren, chief designer of the country's lunar exploration program, Chang'e 6 is poised to collect samples from the far side of the moon, marking a mission that will be the first of its kind in human history. The Chang'e 7 mission will involve landing on the lunar south pole and searching for water. Chang'e 8 will conduct a survey of lunar materials at the South Pole, which scientists hope could be used to build houses by using 3D printing technology. Wu said Chang'e 6, 7, and 8 will form the basic model of a scientific research station on the moon's South Pole, which is expected to be completed around 2028. He said in the meantime, scientists are working hard to promote the establishment of the International Lunar Research Station, which is initiated by China with the participation of other countries for long-term operation. Wu added that an international organization is hoped to be set up after establishing the International Lunar Research Station. According to the China National Space Administration, or CNSA, China plans to launch Chuechiao 2, or Magpie Bridge 2, a relay satellite for communications between the far side of the moon and Earth in 2024. The satellite will serve as a relay platform for the fourth phase of China's lunar exploration program, providing communication services for Chang'e 4, 6, 7, and 8 missions. The Chang'e 5, launched in 2020, was China's most recent lunar mission. Its probe retrieved 1,731 grams of soil samples from the near side of the moon. This is Special English. A Visual Feast of Film The 13th Beijing International Film Festival was concluded in the northern suburb of Huairo with the theme, Sharing Culture, Shared Future. It's a star-studded event with celebrities going all out with their red carpet glamour. Over 200 actors, filmmakers, and directors have gathered at this year's film fest. The festival includes activities and events such as the selection of winners for the Tian Tan Awards, the Film Carnival, and the Student Film Festival. Thailand is this year's guest of honor with seven top Thai film production companies participating. One of the highlights is no doubt the Tian Tan Awards. This year, the festival received about 1,500 films from 93 countries and regions. Renowned Chinese director Zhang Yimou, the head of the awards committee, said this is his first time acting as the Beijing International Film Festival's jury president. He's very honored. 
Over 160 restored classics and retrospective works have been screened in 27 cinemas and theaters across the city as part of the Beijing Film Panorama segment of the festival. Aside from the screenings, the jam-packed event is filled with other activities including workshop, master classes, and forums. This is the end of today's program. I'm Tony Reed in Beijing, and I hope you'll join us every day to learn English at a slower pace. <laughs>